Welcome to the Spike Feed, your leading Magic the Gathering podcast. What is up? My name is Curtis, and I am just your typical Spike. On the line with me, caffeinated as all get out, awake since 12.45 a.m., my good buddy and producer extraordinaire, Cameron McCoy. How are you doing, man? Good, man. I just got my uh, my boys, the Crap Brothers, behind me. You know, staying strong during the Iowa State Fair. <laughs> Dude, th- this is... Uh, some people out there are going to be like, what are you talking about? He's talking about the Wildcrats, which is a PBS show. And I think we can all agree, the PBS kids show. It's, it's, I think it's the best one. Yeah. It's, it's sick. It's totally sick. Well, hey, man. Um, we've got some Magic the Gathering to talk about. Weirdly, no news this week. So our middle segment is going to be us kind of ruminating on Magic and all that. Now, you have, you've entered... Uh, the streak where you like are like a week or two straight of just full on work, right? And yeah. not actually able to play. Did you have you have you even popped onto Arena? Has Arena even been a twinkle in your eye? Yeah, so I did a pop onto Arena and I did play some bug control and there's nothing new to report. Um it's the best deck. I mean, I feel like I have game against everything and there's nothing interesting or exciting to talk about. Like, I mean, it's a really good deck. I don't hate standard, but man, am I just done with this standard. Like, the card fatigue thing, every single week that I revisit this standard just becomes more and more fatiguing, um, where it's like, really need some new cards now, or really just need a rotation now. Like, just let's just start right now. Let's just do that. Well, and the hilarious thing is, like, there are a ton of cards from D&D, Kaldheim, Strixhaven that are going to, like, it's going to feel like those sets are coming in. Right. You know, uh, especially, like, again, I battle this perception at the shop all the time. I have people complain to me constantly that D&D is a bad set, and I just categorically disagree. Like, I can come up with five, ten sets off the top of my head that are worse, right? Mm-hmm. Like, including many core sets, which this was replacing. Yeah. Right? Um, but again, like, it's is it the most overpowered Eldraine-like thing? No. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's just time for those, those cards to blossom a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't... When I was playing Modern the other night, a, a guy showed me that he had Bone Crusher Giants in his Jun deck, and I was like, I, I never... <laughs> I'm done with that card. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if there's a good thing to say about Modern's power level is Bone Crusher Giant, probably not good enough. Probably. Um, so, good news. I've played a ton of cards this week. Good. Uh, this is kind of my last draw uh, before I have to go back to work. And I don't know if you know this, but Jumpstart Historic Horizons, which... This got pointed out on Twitter, and I kind of agree. If you stop and think about that title, actually makes zero sense. <laughs> um, it's a word soup of marketing, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so it got delayed. So as an apology, they're giving out free drafts of older formats. So this week was a free draft in Amonkhet. So if you're looking to unwind Cameron and not actually think about a thing and worry about whatever you've invested in, you could just draft Amonkhet for free. <laughs> Uh, they have free draft tokens for that, and that was a blast from the past. Like I, you know, I mm. went three and three, and I, drafting older product is nice. I like that that pops up on rotation. Like that's always been a thing I've been a fan of mm-hmm. on MTGO and Arena. Um, I mean, look, 
as somebody that's kind of on the downward slope of playing a lot of historic, it's not like I'm like after specific cards or whatever. Um, but you know, I always find that the limited environments are generally pretty good self-contained games that kind of just evaporate and it's nice to go back to them. For sure. Right? Even when like I think Kaladesh is next week and I really didn't like Kaladesh Limited, but I'll I'll do it for free. Yeah. I'll do that yeah. for free. Um I'll I'll experience the annoyance of energy all over again. <laughs> I don't mind. Um and I also played some standard. I found a blue-red control deck. And this deck, I don't know that it's the best. Mm -hmm. uh, it is seriously counter spells, removal. And then the win condition is, like, I think there's three or four Kiora Best the Sea God. Like, freaking hard cast it, man. Okay. So you just control the board, control the board, control the board. You don't play gold span drag, no dragons, none of that. Yeah. No snow package. Is there uh, is there any like wrath? Like what do you have for like a red wrath? Is there anything? So yeah, the the main there is a there is a good one that's like it deals one to everything for two mana at instant speed. Okay. And then if you kick it, it's got kicker, then it deals two to everything. And you'd be surprised at how often that cleans up messes. Mm -hmm. Uh and then you have like four disdainful strokes in this deck okay you have four saw coming like and then you you play uh gosh again us with the card names we're so good at it <laughs> there's a card that deals two damage to any creature but if it's a green creature it deals six okay you main deck that card and boy does that hit almost everything that would be a problem for I was gonna you. say yeah yeah the hasty thing and bug you're good yeah but when the, when the deck works, you just counter all this stuff and then play a Kiora Best of Sea God, and then the opponent keeps playing because they optimistically think, oh, okay, well, I can maybe beat this one. And then you play a second one, <laughs> and uh, then they just stop. Mm -hmm. So uh, a cool little list. And, like, you know, you were talking about standard fatigue. Uh, I feel like that's where I'm at. But I don't think the standard is particularly bad. I think that's kind of become the lazy shorthand for everybody. It's just like I don't need to see uh, any of the rogues again, or, mm -hmm. or you know, it's just we've we've been living those cards. But in terms of balance, it's really not terrible. Um, and Winota, which you know, steadily going up the list of my most hated cards of all time, just about on every level. Like when you play against the standard version, they do miss. Mm -hmm. Like that does happen. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, I, that's kind of where I'm at with standard. It's something that I'm just kind of. I'll pop on, do my quest, move on with my life. So here's what I want to talk about. So I did go to two paper events at the same place, okay? Thursday night, and I'm just going to talk about this briefly because I am hyper aware that we're a Magic the Gathering podcast, but I went to my first constructed flesh and blood tournament. Oh, okay. Okay. And very uh new like i had no idea what was going on <laughs> you know like <laughs> i looked at a deck list online but like this was the literal first time i played against other live human beings i'd only like goldfish the deck or watch videos there's a lot of rules i was unclear on and that kind of thing i was expecting to show up to this and be one of three guys something like that you know there were 11 people at this tournament <laughs> wow um and as I'm about to tell you, that's three more than we're at the modern tournament. 
and approximately 11 more than the Pioneer Tournament I attempted to go to <laughs> this week. So I would say this, like, again, with every new card game, you always have to have this moment of just be honest with yourself. Like, if this card is all worthless tomorrow, are you okay with owning pieces of this? Mm-hmm. And to me, that's fine. You know, hey, not everybody's in that position. Some people, like, everybody's in an economically different place. And I want to respect that. Uh, and it's really easy for someone to say, hey, you know, go buy a deck. See what you think. Um, but I do think, A, the game is very good and worth trying. Um, I do have some problems with it. But the tournament scene is much more vibrant than I would have thought. And again, if the game blows up tomorrow, I've got plenty of decks to play. Like, you and I could sit and play it. I was showing my buddy to play it last night after we wrapped up Modern. And it's just, it's a really good game. It really is. And I I feel this way, the game was probably not as good, but about the Star Wars TCG that was out competing with Magic when I was a kid, I sold those cards somewhere like 20 years ago or threw them in the trash or whatever. (laughs) Huge regret for me. Because I I played a ton of that card game when I was a kid, and now a sealed booster box is worth like four hundred dollars. Oh wow! And so yeah, yeah. Um, I can't really get to it, but like I keep dreaming of this garage sale. You know, like everybody like dreams of like going to the garage sale and seeing the box of Arabian Nights. Like cool, mm-hmm. yeah, right. But it's like for me, if I saw the tar- Star Wars TCG, I'd be like, yoink! <laughs> Just give me some of that, right? right? So anyway, Flesh and Blood still we're checking out. I'm very early stages, but I'm liking it. Um, modern. This is a the turn. So I spent this day trying to go to a Pioneer and a Modern tournament. The Pioneer tournament was a one. The Modern tournament was at six. Same shop. I was the literal lone guy that showed up for Pioneer. Sad. And I've showed up with Phoenix. Spent part of the morning building Phoenix and paper, and wham wham didn't work out. Uh, is Pioneer? Um, is it? I I don't know. I don't know how the the tournaments are firing off at my shop, but nobody talks about it. Like, it just feels like it had like, it was hot fire there when it was initially released. We had historic get announced. Then there was a pandemic and here we are. And I just feel like it's never been able to build up its base the way that it needed to. Yeah. And have we, I guess we haven't really talked about the pioneer masters is in a like delayed canceled, whatever for arena. They've decided to go whole hog on their plan for historic. Mm-hmm. And it's hard not to feel like, well, if you guys just would have gone hard in the direction of Pioneer, and then Pioneer was also the paper format and on Arena, we'd be had like the trajectory of this thing would be different. And, and Pioneer might still live in some world, mm-hmm. right? But I keep being told, oh, everyone's playing Commander and Modern. I believe that with Commander. When I'm at a shop, during Commander Night or whatever, or Commander Day, and I was at a shop yesterday during Commander, there were 20 people playing Commander, okay? And we've always talked about, like, hey, that's really not for us. I don't view it as a spiky thing. It's a casual thing. That doesn't mean that I think people should not enjoy Commander. Like, hey, go enjoy it. Have fun. Mm -hmm. I don't think it works as a competitive environment. Like, I don't know that I like the idea of high stakes, high dollar, you know, Commander. But, like, in terms of expressing a multiplayer version of magic like awesome people go for it have fun you know mm-hmm. um but every modern thing i keep going to the attendance keeps going down and i would love to know if that's just a my community kansas city thing yes modern is like the only competitive event that's firing but it's like fractional compared to what it was mm-hmm. 
and it's kind of alarming. Anyway, I showed up to this modern event at the shop I don't normally play at. I played Storm, and Storm is a, it's an RNG, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I had many, many, many one land, stuck on one land games. So I went one and three. I don't know that I played the best, because after you have like three games in, like, in a row where you're stuck on one land, it's kind of started to annoy me mentally, because I was just having one of those days where... You know, my first tournament didn't fire. Then I'm stuck on one lands a bunch and stuff like that. So it's kind of getting irritated. The good news was there was a Hawaiian Brothers down the street, and I got to enjoy that. I don't there know you if go. you've enjoyed a Hawaiian oh, Brothers yeah, yet. Man. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you let yourself ingest that many carbs. <laughs> um, but that rice, though, man, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so th- that was kind of my report with 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 Modern. But I do want to s- talk about this, just kind of a thing to think about is the state of something like Raghavan. Because, you know, I saw somebody play Jeskai, I guess, Tempo, Jeskai Stoneblade. They had this play set of Raghavans. Mm-hmm. Jun had Raghavans. Blue-Red Tempo had Raghavans. And it's like, I mean, I know this is not going to get banned because they just printed it and people are spending $60, $70 on the card. But, like, how far are we really from Oko with this card? Really, honestly, in terms of saturation, in terms of power level. Mm-hmm. Just something we're thinking about. I'm not saying this card has to go, but what point of saturation do we say, hey, we just printed this ridiculously overpowered thing. Maybe people spend a lot of money on it. And clearly it's by far the most busted thing to do. Yeah. So anyway. It just generates a mox, you know? I mean, that's all it does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it's not, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, man. Like, I just think there's a lot of... I'm going to get in trouble for saying this. I think there's a lot of hubris in the non-rotating world, and you and I have both experienced this. Legacy modern commander players walking around going, standard players are so dumb because they have to spend so much money to keep up with the game. My cards never rotate. And it's like there's a real lack of awareness, in my opinion, that Watsi has now targeted them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And these commander products, the modern horizon products, they're getting that money out of you. And PS, they're getting quite a bit more out of you. Mm-hmm. Right. So just something to like ruminate on because let's say a standard deck, pick one, Nye adventures, rogues, basically everything, but the ultimatum deck you could get into for like sub a hundred dollars probably. Yeah. And you can easily win that back. Um, I don't know that that's the case with rock or really the whole retinue of modern horizons. Maybe we should have to crunch some numbers, right? Anyway, um, Cameron, I just want to like merge, because I'm running long, this yeah. middle segment thing. So the, kind of the talk this week has been the saturation of MTG product and n- number of spoilers, um, and if that's a good thing or a bad thing. And basically, um, at Tularean Community College, the professor has essentially done the math, and we're roughly at triple the product release. In an annual sense. Now, these are physical paper releases, not just digital. But mm-hmm. obviously, you have a digital client that didn't exist 10 years ago. So yeah. <laughs> there's more digital stuff, too. Um, I know we've listed a litany of problems with Magic the Gathering lately. But I'm kind of un- interested where you're at with product fatigue. Um, and where you think it fl- fits within this like problem with what's going on with Magic. So, yeah, it's a real thing for me. It absolutely is. I mean, it's great in the sense of like, it gives us something to talk about on the show, but like that is not 
neither here nor there, right? That's that's like the only good thing, truly good thing I can say comes from it. Um, the product fatigue, the variations, the alternate arts, all that stuff, the, the variants that you can get on cards, um, it's just, it feels like it's just too much. It's one of those things, it's like, um, it's like a wedding cake. One piece, great. Three pieces, you're going to get sick. Like, I mean, that's where I feel like we're at with this, where it's just like it's too much of a good thing where all of a sudden nothing feels special anymore. Nothing feels um, that important. And, yeah, like fatigue is a legit – that's the best way to put it. Yeah, I also think that they just are are approaching this – I would love to be on the inside Mm -hmm. because we could just speculate – why is this happening? Why do they think this is a good idea? Because on its surface, the multiple different boosters, the multiple, like, it just feels like so much to address so many different people. And I don't know that any of it's really working. I mean, people are always going to quote to me, their profits are higher than they've ever been. But to me, that's a little bit of a specious argument because, like, every collector's item in the, like, in the world, mm-hmm. profit margins have gone up. Like everybody, right? This is something I've learned since I've been getting into watches is like, dude, watches are making a killing too right now. Hmm. You know, NFTs. Yeah. Are, are you going to sit here and tell me that NFTs have been a huge success? Because, well, they made a bunch of profit. So like profit and success are not always correlating, mm-hmm. right? You know, see Guitar Hero. For more examples of oh this. Oh my gosh, right. Yeah. Um, because there there is a certain level, and it seems like they're getting up to that line. I don't know that I view product fatigue as the biggest problem with magic right now. Yeah. Um, but I do I, I do have my concerns that they've stepped away from I, I think they should look at a brand like Apple. When Apple was at its peak, they had what, five products? They're and they did right. them yeah. really well. Right. And they built their success on that. And I mean, they've kind of strayed from this, but like at its worst, Microsoft was this confusing mess, right? Mm-hmm. Of however many different versions of Windows and the Zune and all these things. And you were like, I don't even know. Why are you offering all this? And it, it, this feels like that. It's just like a really poor marketing message that's super unclear. Right. Mm-hmm. And I have people that tell me, just like when I, I hear people say, oh, best of one is better for esports. I never bought that argument. I don't think it makes any sense. When people say set boosters are better for casual people, it's like, I don't know that they care, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like, mm-hmm. if you are a truly casual tabletop player, the person that plays without sleeves, one of these guys, and you go to Walmart and there's just a booster pack, right? You're not like, man, I wish this were, in fact, a set booster, not a draft booster. <laughs> right? Like, you're just like, yo, give me a pack of Forgotten Realms. Hopefully I open something cool. Mm-hmm. Right? It's gambling. Yeah. <laughs> so, and again, this is going to be point of comparison probably one uh, for the next 200 episodes. But with Flesh and Blood, there's a real clarity. There are, whatever, four sets, three sets. That's it. That's it. There's mm-hmm. just those sets of cards. And you're just like, oh, I need this 
this set, this pack. Yeah. The end. The end. And I kind of miss that from Magic, but, you know, uh, clearly this is the direction they've gone. I filled out my product survey on Watsy this morning. I'm sure they'll take it as gospel and change their Absolutely. ways. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Curtis. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Send your thank yous to at Curtis now. All right, Cameron. Let's get out of this segment, come back, and talk about what else we've been up to. All right, Cameron. The um, You know what I love about this show is you watch the movie so I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one of those would be Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, and... Is this the third Suicide Squad movie? I'm so lost. I, you know, I am so confused on this because I can't tell you if this is a reboot, a sequel, just a retell. Like, I mean, it could be all of those things right now. I mean, it has the same Harley Quinn and a couple other characters. I mean, like, the characters are all there. It's just, like, they're starting fresh. And in the best way. So I would say that this Suicide Squad is... This is not a. Th- this is this is something to be taken really really seriously. The third best DC movie I've seen goes Wonder Woman, Shazam, and this. Um, it's surprisingly Ooh. good, um, especially when you compare it to the, the the one that I saw, the Suicide Squad from 2016 or 17. That was just the David Ayer one that was like recut by some trailer company, and it was just a hot mess of just tonally everywhere. It was just a bad, bad, bad movie. Um, This one, directed by James Gunn, the guy who's done Guardians of Galaxy, really knows how to, I don't know, do those kind of team things with like kind of quasi-bad people or whatever you want to say. And he did a really, really good job making me actually care about some of these characters the characters and their superpowers actually fit within the context of the movie where it's like, okay, I can see why this team would be sent in to fight whatever compared to the last movie where it's like, how is Harley Quinn going to defeat some magic person that, you know, it just never really made any sense to me. Mm. Um, so yeah, characters are good. Um, the story is actually surprisingly good. I laughed. Um, like it made me care about polka dot man in a way that I never would have thought that that would have happened. Um, like they really did some good back backstories with some of these characters. The only like quibble that I had that really I didn't like was the soundtrack is to 11 where James Gunn kind of did this as well with like guardians of the galaxy where it's like pop song after pop song from the seventies. It worked for me in that context because it was, kind of like star lord's playlist and it it made sense whereas this i mean it i mean they dropped the needle i would say every five minutes with a new song and while they do fit within the context it does become a little tiresome and distracting and so that would be like my quibble for the movie is like i would have eased up on that but overall surprisingly decent r-rated comic book film about characters that I have no interest in, but ended up liking. Okay. Uh, one day I'll probably never watch that. <laughs> but, uh, so wait, 
Wasn't there a suicide, like a Birds of Prey Suicide Squad movie, it or was that just Birds like of Prey? Last year or two years ago? I don't know. I didn't watch that one. Um, I've heard that that one's okay as well. Okay. So, no, like, I and, and you know what? It's not crazy to think that the DC stuff is broken apart and not necessarily closely knit together because... Boy, that's been a tradition with DC. I mean, mm-hmm. I'd say D- the DCU now is more tied together than it's ever been. Yeah. Um, but, like, man, when we were kids, huh, there. I mean, there's always been a multiple Earths thing on, you know. Yeah. If you've, yeah. Those of you out there that have watched the TV show Flash, you know what I'm talking about. Like, there's so much of that in DC. So it doesn't always have to, like, line up and be super tight, cohesive like it does with Marvel. Uh, and sometimes that works for its favor, in its favor, because you know you get these really great, like what happens if Batman had to find Jack the Ripper in the late 1800s or something, you know? So you can do some cool stuff in these alternate realities. It's just like it's kind of jarring in a cinematic sense, right? You're yes. like, wait, where are we? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Where with the comics, they always had like the little Elseworlds icon, and you're like, oh, this is not canon, or this is side canon, yeah. or whatever. So, yeah. Um, well, that's good to hear that DC's making. I, do we just take the Christopher Nolan Batman movies as not a part of any? No, I, I everything. I always start with like whatever that Superman, Man of Steel, Zack Snyder. That's the start for me of the, the DCEU, right? Um, Got it. Yeah, Nolan stuff. I can't. No, that's just it. That's Batman in the Heat universe, right? I mean, it's like a Michael Mann movie. Uh, and then there's. Christopher Reeve, which I think we can all agree is the only Superman. Yep. <laughs> nice try, everybody else. Um, I really like the other guys that have played them in their other roles. Yeah, but charming dudes. But not yeah, Superman. but let's let's yeah let's be serious here. Um, so Cameron, let's just have a full on spoiler discussion. I have finished the Mass Effect saga finally, and, and like I shouldn't say that I didn't. I haven't finished Andromeda. I fired it up. It doesn't run yet. It hasn't been frame rate boosted yet okay. on Series X. So I might wait for that to be the case. They're slowly adding games to be frame rate boosted. And they just have, I mean, I'm hoping they do that one. Um, so I did a lot of Mass Effect 3. Like almost all of it. So again, spoiler warning. The only, uh, I had one character die in Mass Effect 2. And then Mass Effect 3, I did all the things, and I got the, quote, good ending. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I, there were only two missions that I couldn't complete, and they were ones that I had done in a DLC on Omega. And then you leave, and then they're like, it still hangs out in your thing, but you can't go back to Omega to do them. Okay. So let me just put it to you this way. And maybe it's because I had some kind of, like, background awareness. I was not that surprised about the ending of Mass Effect 3. Can you walk me through why was it just that people wanted it ending where everything worked out or I, I think so. I think you know, it was living on promises or like maybe I'm sorry, not promises by the studio, but by the promises that you build up in your own head after playing the second game and thinking, "Oh my gosh, this is all going to be connected." And literally all the endings are going to exist. Like every single possible thing is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, a, it's a video game. That's impossible. Um, yeah, we're, you're only going to have like five branching paths and they're probably all going to be very, very similar, right? So 
Yeah, I think there was just a unrealistic expectation of what the ending was, the the full ending of the trilogy was going to bring, where kind of like cyberpunk, uh, I think people had expectations like, I'm going to get like every ending in the world. And it's like, I mean, they're diverse endings, but they're not, you know, earth shattering as far as like the differences and how they and how they wrap up. Got it. Yeah, because I kind of just went through and I was like, okay, like not a great ending. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I was not like blown away, but I was like not really that surprised either. I guess one of the endings is you had to have DLC hmm. to get to actually get that ending. I don't know, but um, I first of all, and you know the like Arrested Development meme. I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> I got to the end of it and realized because I I romanced. Miranda in two and three instead mm-hmm. of Liara. What was what was what do you think? Huge mistake. Yeah, huge mistake. <laughs> and it just re- it reminded me of like I think my my video game avatar characters just make terrible choices. Witcher three, <laughs> I romance Yennefer instead of Trish. I think we can all agree a terrible mistake. <laughs> Same with this. Like, and then you get to the end of it, and then I find the trailer for Mass Effect. I guess five. And it's Liara going to find Shepard's remains. And there's this great moment at the end of Mass Effect 3 where you kind of discover that if you haven't romanced Liara, that like how what she thinks of you, right? Like you do like a mind meld thing. Okay. It's like, geez. So this this what this series does so well is it creates such strong bonds with these characters over the course of three games. I've never experienced something like that where mm-hmm. it's just like, I really care about Garrus, Liara, and I would love to know what the logic was behind leaving those characters behind for Mass Effect 4. Like, there is so much built up, like, love and equity that, again, I think Mass Effect Andromeda, while I've only played probably 10 hours of it, like, two years ago, I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it was fine, just Mm -hmm. not as good as the other ones, but definitely not a dumpster fire as it's been depicted but like none of the characters are the same because the whole thing is it takes place in a different galaxy mm-hmm. um and i just a poor like <laughs> choice on their part like why would you do that mm-hmm. um but no dude i i just honestly everything else that i've kind of picked up since then has fallen a little bit short in terms of my like love and attachment of it because i've been doing this for like two months playing these games yeah um, but yeah, just the whole series and Mass Effect Three. Like I said, I felt like it was just super uneven. Uh, and I'm probably going to be the weirdo and say I think the story for one was my absolute favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, just really, really liked it. Um, last thing I'll say about video games, uh, The Ascent. I put some more time into that. It's on Game Pass. It's that top-down cyberpunk Diablo-like. Mm-hmm. It's really good. (laughs) I've I put in like another hour and a half, and it's isometric and just gorgeous, like jaw dropping. Yeah, isometric artwork. So whenever you get some vacation time, Cameron, highly recommend. That's on my list because yeah, I I need to do another uh, subscription or a month to Game Pass, and I'll check it out. Yeah, throw in your buck, right? Mm Hmm. I mean, you're going to do it whenever Halo Infinite comes out anyway, right? Exactly, yeah. So, <clears throat> you and me, we're going to hop into a multiplayer match. We're going to find a Jeep. I'm <laughs> sorry, a Warthog. 
And we're just going to drive, man. Tear it up. <laughs> Will we shoot? Maybe. I don't yeah. know. Will we try and win? Definitely not. Will we try and find a good jump? You know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I'll, like, try and get the A-team music so we can, like, sync it up. <laughs> That'd be so good. All right, man. If someone would like to uh, find you on Twitter and talk to you about their favorite characters in the A-Team, where could they find you? That's uh, at Cameron underscore McCoy. I am at Curtis Now. Our official show feed is at SpikeBeatMTG. We will check you guys next week. Bye.